Hey, buddy. Ooh. <laughs> what are you doing there? I was just slapping something in there. In case yeah. it's usable. <laughs> Hey, pals. Hey, buddies. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Bible study. study. The only time where the terms God and stoned actually lead to a good time. If you haven't listened before, awesome. We are a couple of former Christians. And what we like to do here is hash out what more realistically could be happening in these Bible stories. And ultimately what these characters might have been experiencing while living through all of this. Because we still know that there are great spiritual takeaways in this big book. But those have been muddled in way too much dogma for 2,000 years now. So, feel free to get your Bibles out, follow along. Or like in church, just listen and take our word as fact. Her name's Mary, my name's Justin. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we get into it? So, I have this. This is the Sour Blue Raz Bolts by Detroit Edible Company. I always want to say Detroit Fudge Company, but they changed their name because they do way more than just fudge now. It's very fun. I'm very excited about it. I have a t-shirt too. Ooh. I don't have it in here right now. I left it in my car. <laughs> but they, oh my God. Okay. So they, they have some of the best fudge though. They had to have had the best fudge because that's what they started with, you know, but it's mm -hmm. really, really good. And they do seasonal fudges, too. So they did um, a really good pumpkin spice one. I loved it. <laughs> it was so good. I would cut it up and put it into my coffee. That was some good shit. I have these MKX. Yeah, lemon bite. And it was delicious. And what else should I say about it? Should I say with a THC level of... 27.54 milligrams. Damn, that one tested high. Oh, this bag is just even such like an intimidating task right now. <laughs> and here we are trying to read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Allergens. No milk, eggs, fish, shellfish, tree nuts, peanuts, or wheat were used during the production of this product. Super safe. That's like all of them. Yeah. They are very popular for that reason. Now that that's out of the way. Sweet, we got that rolled up nicely. That means it's time we refer to the Bible. Our current study is a short trip through the book of Romans. Join us to find out what Paul really thought about Jesus and his religion. Okay, so you got your Bible out? I sure do. Now you do. <laughs> You're on video. Well, it's in a little slidey cubby hole right next to but me. But it's not it even counts. open. It wasn't in your hand. I got Zah rolls on my lap. <laughs> can't tell me I can't have the Zah rolls. But see, <gasps> you put them on the desk. Now you can eat them. There you go. But now they're on my keyboard and it's weird. Eh. I mean, <laughs> gotta make sacrifices. Yep, you're right. Gotta sacrifice my Zah rolls to God. Yep, exactly. Put him on the keyboard. You gotta make sure he blesses them before you eat them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah, by the way, I have I have no subsection in in ten. 
my last subsection was in 9 verse 30. And then 10 is all part of that section, apparently. Oh, jeez. Mine turns to a subsection for 5 through the rest of... Hold on. Yeah, 5 through the rest of it. Okay, well, you want to just get up to 5 then? Yeah, yeah. So I don't have any, like, specific notes or anything for this, but... So they're just, they're really pumped up for God, but they don't really know anything about him. Yeah. And he's like, I want you guys to be saved, but. Yeah. You're crazy about him, but you don't know him yet. Okay. So I feel like it's not, it's not just the emphasis on how he wants them to be saved. I think it's the emphasis on he wants that for them, but it's more of his frustration around that almost. Because he's like, you just need to do this, and you're not doing this. You're missing this part. I mean, aren't aren't, aren't you frustrated? Yeah, I am frustrated because these people are doing the it wrong. The same kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're <laughs> completely taking it out of context and doing it wrong and hurting people in the process. Exactly. I to- I completely get it, like, hundred percent. Yeah. That's why I want to like, whoop, smack my mic. Apparently. It's like, like, whether I believe it or not, it's still frustrating to be like, okay, well, just do do what you say you're doing. Yeah. Actually live the life you're claiming to live, maybe? Mm-hmm. Golly. <laughs> That's what my papa always <laughs> said. He would say, golly. <laughs> well, golly. <laughs> and And after we prayed at dinner, he would sing the amen song. What's the Amen song? Amen. 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 I don't remember the next part. Like, there's a little, like, thingy in there. What little Like a hallelujah or a glory to him (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) But, like, everybody would clap except for grandma she would say oh he was silly i didn't really get to know him as much because he had alzheimer's my entire life but it didn't really it wasn't too bad until i was a little older so some of the last things that he would do was he would like put his hand on the shoulder of whoever was going by and just say god bless you that was one of the last things he did. What if he was just having like auditory hallucinations and just thinking everybody's sneezing all the time? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Damn it, everybody stop sneezing. all the time <laughs> oh my no God. words just sneeze <laughs> no words man okay 
if that if that were true, then that means that there has to be a God, and your pop pop angered him in some way. That is that is a <laughs> old timey punishment right there. Angered him. He's a traditional guy, man. He's traditional old pastor, you know. I'm part of me is thankful I didn't actually get to know like him as an adult. Cause before Loki got to yeah, him, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I think it'd be really funny <laughs> if it was Loki. He, he got the sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that would make perfect sense into the whole theory that Loki is actually the Christian god. <laughs> he left this book here on Earth, and then you know, let it happen. He he knew just what pieces to leave to cause controversy or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and dinosaurs weren't real. Loki put Loki them there. put them there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, like that makes more sense for that theory because Satan's not a trickster guy. Like why would he like oh to deceive you? Like what? I don't know what good that's gonna do to deceive you. Exactly. Like, much. Satan would have to create an entire universe to be able to use science as a way to deceive you. And then at that point, it's like, okay, so what's the difference? Oh my god, you're right. Because then you'd never know which world you're in. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Okay. Are you good? I am groovy. Okay, so... I just have a few things to say at 9 and 10. This is um kind of a tangent point and doesn't really have to do with those verses, but it's what got me to this point. <laughs> so, 9 and 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. What I honed in here on is just the part where God raised him from the dead. Which, you know, I I, I understand the whole meaning of these verses, but this tangent point is where that honed in. There's a whole, like, paragraph of a note in the bottom for these two verses. It was talking about how, like, we have to acknowledge the complexity of what his death meant and it's more than just he died and he's alive again it's he died for humanity and all of that and acknowledging that and accepting that but I see this again as just as as the Christian God being unhealthy a narcissist abusive a terrible parent because when you look at these situations, it's not the, the end outcome. It's all of this shit that you're going to allow to happen to them. The torture beyond imagine because they talk. I mean, he goes to hell in our place and is brought back up. But like, that's where I would draw the line and be like, that's not worth it. I will not allow my child to suffer that. I think this is a, is a product of trying to fit the Old Testament together with the New Testament as one story. 
Yeah, no, I feel that. I think it's just, I have such a hard time separating the two because they've been combined in teachings for me my whole life. I mean, exactly. But that's that's how to. everybody learns it. Yeah, but they no. shouldn't be. Okay, but you were talking about like the the nine ten stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a, a two step ritual kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's describing more just like how someone in it would be. I mean, just because of that confession and then getting it. It's like, yes, this is an confession. This has been wrong. And being able to admit that, then you can get past it. And you don't have to be ashamed of that anymore. If you're listening to this Holy Spirit, you, you would be believing it like in your heart that it's like a part of you. And if it is that much of a part of you, then you would normally just share it with the world. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think just going to what you were saying about how, like, this whole thing in 9 and 10, like you were saying, it's not some, like, two-step process. This is, this is like a, you, you do these things and then you continue living it out every single day. This is mm-hmm. your life now. I'm just glad that you pointed that out. It is so horrible. It's just really bad. That's all. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) Who needs sources? I mean, it's an oral tradition. You're right. It is now the opposite of the reading rainbow. (laughs) I'll just take your word for it. (laughs) At at verse 14, it kind of felt weird and fragmenty. And mine is just a list of rambly questions that answer the last question yeah yeah this is just like again like a time when he's like oh standing up and pacing back and forth like oh then they're gonna have well what then well what about this because like they're gonna have a question about this so here's the answer for that yeah no i can totally see that he's just pacing and I, i hear it now how then will they call him who they have not believed how are they to believe him who they have never heard And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. That has an exclamation point. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord. I'm just past the fun part now. Now I'm just reading. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I needed help with the end. Yeah. Like 19, 20, and 21, if you, like, if you could tell me yours. Yeah, let me read those for you. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask me. But of Israel, he says, All day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and con- and contrary people. It, it makes me wonder and want to like go back at the other times he mentions Isaiah in here because it, it seems like he's, he's dissing him. That like, oh yeah, 
I'm the one. I was found of them that sought me not, and I was made manifest of them that asked not after me. Yeah, I fulfilled that destiny for, for 19. But meanwhile, if he's going and like the rest of the people in 21, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Is he shirking his responsibilities? Just like, oh, I'm trying to help, but these people, they just won't listen. That's what it's sounding like to me. Yeah, yeah, I can see. Um, I have a note for 20 and 21. You want me to read that? Yeah. This is saying that they have rebelled against and disobeyed the gospel message, but even still, God extends his hand to them, inviting them to be saved. So even though they were his chosen people... They should, they're like the predestined people. They still have to do their part. I only have a note for 21. And that's that God implores Israel to turn to him, but they continue in disobedience. So then now, if that, that means that it's God saying this, that God is the one that stretched forth his hands into a disobedient people. So it's like, okay, I, I'm trying to help you, but not do this. But then... But to Israel, he saith, up in 20, we're still talking about Isaiah. Is Was Isaiah someone else again like Moses that was like, I speak for God. Like what I say is what God is saying oh, kind of right. thing. Yeah. I'm trying to look up and see if Isaiah was someone else like that. Mm, I see. I'm not finding anything that's saying like, oh, yes, Isaiah could talk for God. So without having to go in and like do a deep dive research, I'm going to say that no. Isaiah was not someone who could speak as like as God. Mm-hmm. Isaiah was very bold to say back to God like, well, yeah, I did this. But to Israel, you know, when he's not talking to God, he's like complaining about them. Yes, those were the exact vibes I was getting too. Yep. This is like... The coworker who just bitches about everyone <laughs> as soon as the boss walks away. So that makes me want to, like, I don't know, go back and and recheck, like, any of the other Isaiah stuff in this so far. Yeah. That, that was the last verse of 10, so. Yeah. If there's nothing else you want to go back to. I don't think so. I feel like we pretty well covered it. Okay, so let's see. We are doing chapter 11 then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, First thing I have highlighted here is verse 6. I'm going to go up a little bit to kind of give some insight into what's happening, I guess. But basically this section is saying, like, it's talking about whether God rejected his people, like the people of Israel. Um, it goes into Elijah, um, and it's talking about when Elijah (laughs) was dealing with all this stuff with his men and he's saying, you know, like, they've killed all my prophets. They've taken all this stuff. They're coming for me next. Like, what am I supposed to do, God? And then six, which is the whole thing that this is around (laughs) that I've taken forever to get to. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. 
And I, I do like that verse a lot because essentially what it's saying is if we provided this grace to the person who deserved it the most, it wouldn't be grace anymore. At that point, it would just be, well, you earned it. Here you go. Grace is to be given to all. But was that your entire six? Yeah, it doesn't even keep going on. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. No, mine just ends with grace would no longer be grace. As you say, if it's if it's because of what you did, then it's not grace. Otherwise, what you like, otherwise work is no more work. Otherwise, what you did is not what you did right so if it is of works then it doesn't really matter because god's controlling it then it's not you doing it god's just having you do it Mm, yep so it's not really work that's an excellent point that is a very excellent point and i think yeah we look up like the other translations that's what i was trying to find yeah. And they had them, everything else has cut out that, that last part, except for the King James Version. Interesting. You're right. You're totally right. I think that's really interesting. Because um, mm-hmm. that, I mean, all of these other translations come from the King James, ultimately. That is the root English translation. So why did that part get cut off? I mean, it is basically repeating itself just from the other standpoint. But the Bible does that repeatedly. So I don't understand why this one would be cut out. But. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You're going to hate this. My button got unpushed. Hey, we have the Skype video. Fuck yeah, we do. Oh, did you have more with six? or? Um, That was all I had for six. So yeah, my next one I have is 11. So I ask, do they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. I think that's kind of interesting because literally the entire point of this is we have to make them jealous so that they will work and actually do what God is telling them to do. There couldn't have been a better way to do that. Well, I mean, he is the God of jealousy. Of what That's what they worshipped. That's, that's what he was that's... to them. That is true. This is just that more is like true. adds more to the head. But he's basically like, so so listen up, guys. I, I'm an Israelite, but I'm just like you guys. I'm an Israelite, but I'm a Gentile. So, so like, just level with me here. We got to keep doing what we're doing and make them jealous. And then they'll do what we're doing, too. And they'll try to do it harder. That, come on, you can't tell me that's not some high school bullshit. Well, he's not saying, <laughs> Paul's not saying he's doing this to do that. Paul's saying this is like God's plan. 
that is I know that is how like, God did this I think whoever's playing it was uh, it's childish I don't care if it's Paul's <laughs> yeah. or God's whoever's playing it is it feels like some high school bullshit <laughs> <laughs> this kind of leads into my next point which is 13 to 14 Mm-hmm. Now I am speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some. So I highlighted this, specifically 14, but I like the context that 13 gives as well, because this this is repeated so much about how like, he just wants to do this, or he would do whatever it takes or give anything just to save his fellow Israelites, or the Jews as he refers to them. With this repeated so much, that initially made me think, he cares so much about this that he's putting that out there. This much. But then I thought about that, that TikTok that I sent you, because we know that history is written by the victors. It's written by the people who succeed. Obviously, the losers aren't there to tell the story. So, essentially, we have this view of Jesus because that's how it's written. But do we know what he was really like? Because, honestly, when, when you view people like Trump and you see the kind of cult following they have... The, the people who are not blind to it see all of these horrendous acts. They see all these horrible things that are happening. But that cult following refuses to see it. Mm -hmm. They just keep speaking it on like it's this, I don't know, divine thing. What if that's just the case with Jesus, too? <laughs> I mean, it sounds silly, but like, I mean, that feels way more plausible to me than him being like this this deity, the son of God. He was actually just this dude who was charismatic, good at talking to people. With all of that, like, comparison with with Jesus and Trump, mm -hmm. I'm seeing that honestly in Paul now and have myself questioning that. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because now I'm paying attention to how he speaks and I'm trying to perceive that how I would perceive that if somebody were saying that like today which I know that there are some things that you can't really do that with because there's it's been a long time and times mm -hmm. have changed but like and I I think that the reason I was thinking it there is because that specifically has been repeated so much and people who have those narcissistic tendencies who are kind of in the limelight in the spotlight there I feel like they tend to have these main points that they feel people are gonna stick by and and stand with and and they just repeat that endlessly like beyond a marketing point and that's something every politician does every politician so, wait. he's trying to make the point that he cares enough about the israelites and he cares so much that he would do all of these extensive things to save them or save some of them is is what he's that's what i'm keying in on his goal is not to save them as a group his goal is to save some of them because he he brings that point in ev like every single time he's talking about saving the israelites mm -hmm. it's i i would give my life to save some of them 
I would. Okay. We will make this entire nation jealous if it'll save some. I think I can see that when yours says my fellow Jews, because that can still seem like a distant thing. In mine, he refers to them as them which are my flesh. Dang. He, he that is more connecting and acting like that seems more emotional than oh my fellow jew is just like the those the wording in yours is way more intimate and make it makes it sound more genuine but the wording of mine has been this way consistently throughout this whole book and that's what what causes me to question him and his motives i know i mean i still say question him that's still great i mean i still have plenty of questions of what why he's doing a lot of this stuff because tricky guy (laughs) it's true but reading it as like how it's written and stuff like that like whether or not this is his like actual personality or his facade of a personality what like something else he does to do it is still a personality and just understanding what is writing it yeah definitely any celebrity really they all have that that personality that they let you see but we never really know their true intents or who they truly are and i mean that could be said for anybody we only ever see the window Mm -hmm. that people let us see into their lives but like when it comes to people like this it's just they can create this whole personality that's so different from their own too Mm -hmm. well i think that can i'm not saying he did i know no i'm saying hmm I'm just trying to think because remembering that like he's not sitting down and writing this letter because someone else is writing it for him is transcribing it as he's talking it. Right. Um, That's a weird concept to me. I had never thought about that until you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always picture them sitting down and writing them by a candlelight. Because that's how they always draw them and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I mean, he's. there's probably multiple people in the room maybe he's just out there just going on rants because sometimes he really goes on about things like like, um Mm -hmm. the the rest of this chapter (laughs) yeah and this this crab just has to okay here we go just just writing what he's saying because i don't got time to do anything else going (laughs) yeah we're just going for it so like yeah, he could still be a personality as he's trying to give this speech or whatever, and everybody else in the room knows it. Or, But even still, like, I don't know. Because to me, I'm just like, I'm thinking of BoJack Horseman. Yeah. And there's like a whole... I'm trying to remember the beginning so I don't spoil anything. If this show had homework, I would say that like, yeah, you should really just watch all of BoJack. Yeah. It is so good. It is. It is so good. Like I was telling you, like I was, when it came out, I just saw like, oh, Horsehead Man and kind of crude edge drawing. Is this going to be like a another Family Guy Adult Swim type thing? It's like I was kind of getting bored of like just the dumb humor over and over again. So I never gave yeah. it a chance until you told me to watch it. I'm glad you started watching it. I mm-hmm. did the same thing. And one of my friends told me, for a really long time we were in high school since she's been telling me to watch this and then finally one day i was like you know what i'm good i'm just gonna watch it 
I started watching it and I was like, oh my God, all these voice actors I know. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, uh, it was just so great. I fell in love with that show so fast. So yeah, Bojack Horseman. Heck yeah. Four hooves up. Four hooves up. Indubitably. So like in, in Bojack Horseman, Diane's writing this book. she's writing a biography yeah a biography for him so Mm -hmm. it's so easy for somebody in his in his shoes to falsify stories or exaggerate stories or just stretch the truth to make them sound like they're something they're not and that can change so much and so like that's kind of how i'm viewing this like bojack is just talking to diane like hey we could do, we could talk about this and this and this and this and this, and here's my story on this, and here's this, and she's recording this whole thing. So, like, with this, Paul is, like, talking, and he's, like, sh- just sharing all of this stuff that, that Jesus taught him and that, that God taught him, and, and he's got somebody just writing it down, and whatever he's choosing to share is all that this person writing knows of him. Mm-hmm. He, that's, that's all he knows. He doesn't, he doesn't know that this story is totally bogus and they were all just tripping on shrooms in the desert i think you naturally fucking stop. <laughs> sorry okay sorry. <laughs> um i think with that like naturally over time that would come out like if he tells the story a few times and like he's writing down the stories or whatever or you know, it's, he's just learned to listen to him because that's just how he has to do. So he pays in it closely. If there's any differences in it, he'd, he'd know it like himself and be like, wait, what's not adding up here? And that's why after, you know, their master dies, they can later go on and be like, okay, here's everything that didn't seem right about him. Because this is just philosophy and you're just, you have someone who writes as you think. <laughs> and one day they think and someone writes for them. But wouldn't you think that if you chose the the scribe, that you would choose them with intent? So, like, if you intended to falsify information or exaggerate the truth, wouldn't you choose somebody that you knew did not know that? Or who would be willing to work with that? Before, I thought you were saying more of, like, um, ignorance instead of loyalty. Right. No, I, I see that. Yeah. No, I'm thinking more of like a loyalty thing, like, or like. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, totally. Uh, yeah. It's completely yeah. possible. Because that stuff still happens today. Why would we think it wouldn't happen then? Just know, because yeah, a it's a different of... time doesn't mean they weren't stupid. Oh, yeah. No, stupid. I, I just keep thinking that. People are always like, oh, things don't change. Things don't change. And then like, everyone's always the same. History repeats or whatever. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, then. Stop reading the Bible like it's some magical fairy tale land and just realize there's still, like, yeah. people thinking the same exact things. But also that just made me remember, like, of yeah, because, like, archaeologists find graffiti a lot and everything. And it's just, like, a lot of the same stuff. Really? Just a lot of dick jokes and everything. Because that's just what it's always been. <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't get people who don't think bathroom humor is funny. It has literally been the butt of the joke since what the beginning kind of bathroom humor though i just See, mean in I general have... because so much of it gets lumped into bathroom humor because i don't know it was i don't know if it was like all upbringing or what but like 
I don't, I don't want to really talk about any sort of poop joke. And, I mean, maybe I'll snicker at, like, a fart joke, but really I'm just mostly annoyed by them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, like, because that was always, those were always, like, you know, terrible things. Like, I wasn't allowed to say the word fart. <laughs> I wasn't either. We called them toots, except yep, my toots. stepdad called them fluffs. Fluffs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was that was like, a weird one. <laughs> I don't know. But, so I, I just, I'm one of those people that you're like, I don't know why. No, but see, like growing up for me, anything about a part of your body that should be covered with clothing was considered a, a bathroom joke. Oh. So that includes dick jokes, boob jokes, all the jokes. No, bathroom humor has always just been, you know, what you use a toilet for. Fair enough. But I'm just saying, mm-hmm. anybody who doesn't think that people fucking 2,000 years ago weren't telling dick jokes, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> they were... And and wasn't there a time in history... Didn't Wasn't it like the, the Greek who said... That if you have a smaller penis, then that means you're you're you have more intelligence or you're wiser or something like that. I have never heard of this. I have to look that up. I I heard that, but I don't know if that was just a silly thing. Are you trying to call me smart right now? <laughs> no. I was just gonna say they would that Wait, kind of a society would probably smart? make fun of. <laughs> I was saying that kind what of society saying? would make. F- I know. Let me say it, <laughs> butthead. Uh, that kind of a society would make fun of big dicks. They'd be like, Haha, that guy's got a big dick. He's such an idiot. <laughs> I'm going to research this later while I'm at work. Okay. Because I'm going to have to dig deeper to find... To find that little <laughs> penis? Yeah. Gotta pull out the, the magnifying glass. Get looking. <laughs> Well, because they always who use such fine print. Who has the tiniest penis at work? Yeah. Oh, who, what? <laughs> well, I, well, I was talking about doing that research at work, so that's. Oh. I'm completely just kidding, though. I have no desire to know the penis size of any of my coworkers. Just need to put that out there. <laughs> okay. Um. <sighs> I don't know what your next thing is, but I had something for 15. I don't have anything until 18. Okay. It can still be used as like, oh, this is a sign for there is an afterlife in this religion. But I think anyone doing so would be taking it out of context. So in mine, it says, for if the casting away of them be the reconciliation of the world, what shall the reconciliation of them be but life from the dead? Like, I have a note and talks more about when the Lord returns, the Jewish people will be regathered, judged, restored to favor, and redeemed. This will be for them life from the dead. Interesting. But as he said before in this, if you are lost to sin, you, you are dead basically you are just dead and then you have to be like reborn in like realizing yeah. what is like listening to your 
your gut, your instinct, your heart, your whatever, your Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay, so what's your next thing? My next one is verse 18. And it's, so it's really going into this this whole metaphor that Paul is using here. He's talking about the the branches and the olive shoots and and just that that whole metaphor. And so uh in 17 in in 16 and 17 he's going into some of the branches become broken off. They lose faith or they're not producing. They they become broken off. And while it's no longer part of this plant, it's still a, a wild olive shoot. And so then 18, it's going into, see, it says, do not be arrogant towards the branches. If you remember, it is not you who supports the root, but the root who supports you. Um, and then 19, it says, uh, then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. 20. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. 21. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. I like that a lot, probably for selfish reasons. (laughs) I think that that is just a big fuck you calling out of most Christians today. (laughs) I just think that's kind of interesting because like everybody talks about the other, I am the vine and you are the branches, that whole, that whole metaphor. I genuinely don't remember this metaphor. Like I don't remember hearing it prior. I'm sure I have, but like considering that I don't remember it. Yeah. But nobody talks about this one. Why are we not talking about this one? This is a good metaphor. Mm-hmm. And it is very much like these branches were broken off, yes, but they still have potential and they can be grafted right back in. So don't think that you're special because you're here. Don't be proud. Be afraid because you can just as easily be grafted out. That's something that so many Christians today have forgotten. They're not impermeable to the world. I think that's a good note to move on from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else until 29. Okay, yeah, yeah, because up till there, Paul's now just explaining his metaphor. Yeah. Give me your 29. All right. Um, so here, 29, it says... For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. I love that for so many reasons. I really resonate with that because I do not consider myself a Christian. I do not follow L or the New Testament God. I enjoy reading the teachings of Jesus. And I enjoy the insight he gives, but I would, I would not consider myself part of that community in any sense. And I was a part of that community for so long and spiritual gifts were always one of my favorite topics to talk about. 
I just thought they were so cool and so interesting. They were like superpowers from God. Growing up, one of my spiritual gifts or like my primary spiritual gift was the gift of prophecy because I would have dreams that would happen. They were just very detailed. I was very proud of that. And as an agnostic now, I still have those dreams. I still have the very intense, vivid, like premonition dreams. Those, those still happen all the, like, I won't say all the time because I've been having weird dream things, but I still get those and it is not gone by any means. I think a lot of it for me is like, I don't see things like, I don't see a movie of how something's going to play out. I usually see images or there, there's just a lot of like feeling involved. Like I can, I just feel this so much. Like it is overpowering. Is it premonition or is it you seeing these images and overthinking if there could be meaning to it and then you worrying about the worst and then manifesting it? I don't think that. I've had dreams like that and I do have dreams like that and they feel different. This instead of like overthinking about it is just like an instantaneous gut feeling. And it just continues that way. And I try, I, I do overthink it because I don't want it to be right. But that's the only thing that feels right. Hmm. It's hard to describe because it's like literally in the dream. I'm not, I'm not aware that I'm dreaming, but in the dream, I'm just like, this is what's happening. Like, it's just the sense of I under, like, this is what's going on. Hmm. I, I know what's going on, even though I'm just getting this image of it. It's like, I'm seeing an image and it's like living a memory almost. I don't know. It's kind of strange. But anyways, yeah, I think it's really cool because I very much resonate with the idea that we still have our gifts and they're irrevocable because I do not worship this deity that supposedly gave me this gift, but I still have this gift. It is still mine. But you also have a calling, apparently. Oh, yeah. For the gifts and the calling of God so what's, are irrevocable. What's what's your calling, then? This. I'm studying him and his word and his son. Ah. I don't think I'm called to worship him. I don't feel that by any means, but I am intrigued by him. I want to learn about him. <laughs> the next few verses, again, are going into as... He falls into like a little like he's just really excited about God. Oh, the depth of the riches. Yeah, that's just the end of 11 there. He's just excited. Yeah, he's all fired up right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then this poor little scribe just scrambling to keep up. It makes you wonder how much didn't get put in because he just missed it because he was trying his damnedest. Yeah. He's like, this feels the most important. Hurry. Well, Paul would probably proofread it afterwards because he's going to want to know what he's saying. But mm-hmm. also, yeah, another human thing that we do now still is like, maybe this was just one too many things. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, you got it. I trust it. And then whatever. And who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but it's fun to think about. Oh, how could we forget? It's crunch time. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> ASMR. Okay. Are you good? I am groovy. I want to continue on into 12. I would love to get into 12. I'm really excited for 12. <laughs> okay. Well, what's your first section? My first section is one through one and two. <laughs> oh, what? I mean, it's that's just one and two. Yeah, that's mine too. <laughs> We're supposed to keep our bodies as living sacrifices to God, make them holy and acceptable. Well, it even says, by the mercies of God. Mine does, at least. By the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second with that. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I mentioned mine had reasonable service, and yours was... Where mine says, which is your spiritual worship? Your spiritual worship. Okay. Okay, those your sound like... I can see how you can get one from the other, but reasonable service, we're like... I feel like that ties a lot. Oh, you say it. Oh, I was just going to say it ties in a lot to the beginning of my verse one, too, where it's talking about, like, the, the mercies of God. You're doing this because of God's mercy, because he showed you mercy. So it's like, yeah. yours is tying in at the end and saying, so it's not really that much to ask for. Exactly. I, I feel you with that. Like, I can see how they got one from the other, but they don't mean the same thing. Um, I have a little note down here for mm-hmm. that verse that says, that wasn't really the note I was looking for. Hmm. just was looking, I guess, more for more insight into what he meant on the specific wording of spiritual worship, because I feel like that's a mm. very broad term, and that does even point it out in the note that it is a very broad term. But like, I don't know. I feel like it's just not the same as what yours is. And I'm trying to Mm -hmm. understand how they are getting this translation and its meaning in that sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I even have like a thing for reasonable services, intelligent, rational, and deliberate. And that's like, (laughs) wait, no, you went to a dictionary and defined reasonable. So you have to be smart about what you do that's that's different yeah okay i just have to step back for a second and think about this like this verse in general like this this section i guess okay so like he's talking to these people and they have an understanding of what a sacrifice is and what a sacrifice looks like from either their own practice or previous practices in their in their ancestry, whatever it may be. But they, they have an idea of what this sacrifice looks like and what sacrifices to God in particular look like. So Paul's coming in here saying, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Can you imagine how that sounded to them at first? Like, what the fuck is a living sacrifice? Do you know what a sacrifice is? Like, you gotta slaughter that fucker. You rip its entrails out. (laughs) That, like, that's gotta be just a wild concept in general. This is 
putting a whole new meaning to sacrifice because in, in the past sacrifice always meant death and and blood and all of that but now it means reflecting what god looks like reflecting god's traits with your own personal life and that's weird <laughs> like when we go into living sacrifice and you're saying you have to go in and get those entrails out like if you want to change anything you have to force yourself to go in and it, it'll feel like you're just ripping your guts out to do something different yeah. but you have to live through it and you have to get through it and know what's the better thing to do yeah well and even to add on to that a piece of us dies when we change mm -hmm. i feel like we we stop the behaviors that we've done in the past that piece of us that would inherently do that is dead but we've lived on and evolved that's why the wages of sin is death so like you gotta be dead to that yeah Ooh, wild 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 um but i mean that was just first one like we just <laughs> there's a second verse to this part and then we, we had a, apparently a bit to say about that <laughs> yeah first two yeah oh yeah i thought of a thing with this though so this verse is saying do not be conformed by this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of god and what is good and acceptable and perfect so wait a second oh it's kind of funny that they changed the order at the end there because mine is prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god <laughs> this is, is this the, the only thing prove what is the will of god when you put yeah. the will of god now it's like oh we're proving this but now we're also deciding oh this is what's good and and everything else these are separate things no there was only one mm -hmm. thing right there that is really funny <laughs> so typically the people i hear quoting this are mid-60s the boomers you know mm -hmm. and i think it's really interesting because their whole thing is is they're grappling onto the first half of that first sentence there the do not be conformed by this world don't conform to the world don't fall for for satan in the world all that but they say that while they're stuck in the past and stuck in these old ways and living in general in law to me i almost see that as even more of the world because they're not willing to progress and move and follow the patterns of society society is not the world in itself but staying stuck in the past in a place that was very traumatic for the majority maybe not the majority but a very traumatic for many, many people. Like, why is that not just as much of the world as following and conforming to today's societal standards? I would say that is exactly the world. And, I mean, this younger thing. <laughs> God hated the elder son and, and loved the younger. He always oh, did yes. that. Because <clears throat> this is more 
the the new the new thing is the the better thing it's it's moved on we we've learned what was bad about the past and we can do the new thing now and later we're gonna learn what was bad about now and we can do another new thing and that's just gonna Mm -hmm. keep happening now you're not a terrible person if you can't take the change like sometimes some changes aren't a good idea to rush into but you just gotta hear the people that don't want to take the change to be like okay well what what are you afraid of with this change so that you can kind of go like okay now how can we work around that or step on as few toes as possible <laughs> like i don't know you gotta compromise yeah. a little bit like the only they're I gonna agree. just keep resisting the change if you just don't hear them then nothing's happening yeah i wish it was that easy all of the time but i feel like the majority of the time it's i don't want this change because it was better in the good old days and yeah that's all you get uh-huh and and then when you get clarification on that you realize that they're just sexist and racist and homophobic <laughs> like what do you do with that where is the compromise if they're just stuck in that spot from 50 years ago I mean... Shit, even 40 years ago. Yeah, but... Okay, what was their life growing up? Like, really? Like, what were they stuck on that they were never able to get past because they live in society, were never able to get past things? You just had to bottle it up and there you go. You can't think about societal issues or anything if you're constantly thinking about the, the trivial matters of just trying to, like, survive... But what's the answer to that average, like, the person I'm picturing in my head mm-hmm. is a 60-something-year-old white guy. Like, he he was born in the 50s. He has always had food on the table, had parents that never split up. Your basic, average white guy's life, you know? That's who I'm picturing, at least. I think that it's a lot of entitlement and choosing to stick in a place where they felt that they had the most power or were happiest themselves personally and wanting and wishing and hoping for the world to be that. I'm saying that that is more being in the being of the world than progressing with society. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I've never argued that point. I'm saying like, that's that's what I mean. Okay. I, I was adding more as in like, like okay, so how do we, how can you help these people well, understanding where they were probably coming from? Because you're describing like my dad. Yeah. Like, yeah, but it's like, so I mean, I know some stories and I can kind of like, just, you know, from being a human, kind of make some guesses on what my dad might have gone through, what my mom might have gone through at different points. Fair. And, like, so it's like, okay, why why are they trying to get the, like, you're, you're trying to, like, get some sense of control. It's because, like, growing up they had no way to get that sense of control or anything. Yeah. And I, and I totally have, a, I, I feel that. I have a big heart for, for that kind of a situation where, like, they were more focused on survival or just getting through their own life 
to pay attention to these changes in society as they're happening, and then they realize them after the fact. I I totally get that, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just don't run into those people very often, so I don't get to have the, that interaction. I'd say pretty much everyone you run into like that it has something like that. I wouldn't... If, if... But even still, when I think about that, last year, all of the trauma I went through, and literally even while my husband was unconscious, dying in the hospital, I was still paying attention to what was happening because while I have the privilege of shutting a lot of that off and I don't have to pay attention to it because it doesn't affect my personal daily life I still wanted to know what was going on Mm -hmm. because it still affects my friends daily lives and my neighbors daily lives and even if I'm going through some shit right now they're going through a lot of shit too and they don't get to shut it off I I don't want to shut it off. And I do every now and then still. I know. For my own sanity. Because they're they're going through those things, but... I know, but then these other people also don't feel like they can ever shut anything off. And, like, I mean, the forced religion through the Bible hasn't helped because, like, they go and, like... So, and then this religion that we've held on to for a long time because it was a good way to kind of control people, like... When people feel lost, it's like, okay, yeah, go back to it. Like, I don't understand it because they're like, uh, why is this sounding different to me? I don't know. I'll help get help from my pastor or something or this other person who knows the Bible. But they just went to a college to get the ideas drilled into their head of like, this is what it means and this is how it means it. And it's like, okay, now you can help people and remind them that and then... So when this change comes, like, gay marriage, it's like, wait, that's supposed to be wrong. I I know that. Like, I'm going to stick in it, but I don't have time to really just think about it, honestly. And just be like, why is it? Why is it so wrong? It's just like, that's a firm thing. I can move on. You have a set answer. Someone gave you an answer. That's something that's easy. Here we go. So it's like, I'm not forbidding the people that do this to do that it's just one day like they'll have to be able to have some sort of topic or something that they can just like actually think about all the way through even though that's something that seems horrendously horrifying to them mm-hmm. but like think about it and now you have your own thoughts you don't have to just keep defending something else that somebody had said yeah. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. And that I think that's one of the reasons I had such a hard time in Christianity is because, like, when I cared about something, I would want to learn more about it so that I could defend my point of view, my, my perspective. And whenever I would reach into any topic, I would realize how messy it got because I couldn't find good evidence to back my side up because there wasn't any and then as an adult realizing that i could never find evidence in my own religion i was like how can i believe this how can i live my life based on this if there's no evidence anywhere question everything 
is my philosophy. But then that just and goes I... to like, well, you have to have faith because it's like, oh, you can't see it. You just got to hope. And it's like, well, yes, that's another thing of like, oh, just hope. You just have to hope God will go through. You have to hope. It's like, no, we've, we've talked about like this faith and this hope already in Romans. And it's, you, you can hope that tomorrow's going to be better you can hope that things will change but you have yeah. to live and do this stuff now yeah it's not this absolutely oh better trust god so he'll reward you uh-huh also i think that like when it comes to the faith aspect of it i wouldn't i, I don't like the odds of that i don't I don't like where I'm putting that faith into because Mm -hmm. of what I know about their God. Yeah. Like if it was, if their God was totally different, maybe I would be more interested in putting faith in that, but I don't trust him. I don't trust him. (laughs) So I would not put my faith and trust in this deity that has proven he cannot be trusted. So that's where I'm at with that. Like, I know faith is their whole thing, but, like, what are you putting your faith into? Like, really look at what you're putting your faith into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we're we not even done. We got two verses. Are, I know. Seriously. Are you good with that, or you want to keep going? <laughs> like, let's... No, I'm good. Okay. I feel like we both had several long points that were really good. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so three to eight. This section is about like how all the churches should kind of like work together, and people should try and find their 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 gift that God gave them to keep on talking about the Word of God. Because we need all the different gifts and the different graces of God in order to have that full thriving church, right? Because you need people with the gift of prophecy you need the teachers the exhorters the um service i guess helping leading giving you need all that shit when all of those come together collectively they make up the body of christ but individually they each just have their own gifts and balance each other out so the exhorting thing mm-hmm. this is in verse eight and so going into like the way different people do things i have or he that exhorteth on exhortation colon so this is different kinds of way you can exhort to god he that giveth let him do it with simplicity so it's just like let let if he wants to give then he can't be wrapped up in should i actually be giving or whatever or not he that ruleth with diligence so who's ruling now it's like okay we we use the church example but already it's like is this still within the church or because in my bible at least this section is you know about the church but yeah and and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness so like if you're showing mercy on someone don't hold it over their heads just be like yeah no problem that's that's right like that that was a thing people had a, i remember boomers having a problem with like people don't say you're welcome anymore or anything it's like they say no problem yes because don't worry 
it's it's no problem like i'll help you with this it's okay it's not you're welcome i uh, you know you owe me Mm -hmm. whatever so then it's like okay i'll go back up with he that rules with diligence is this really another role or is it just if you're in charge of people and he that giveth we're going back up it's like okay so it's not just you like donations to the church or whatever it's just again if you're gonna give something to someone just don't don't expect to get it back don't mm-hmm. don't like have a problem like if, if if you can't give something that's fine that's that's your own thing but if you're gonna give something just like you're done and that is yeah. you're exhorting now these are examples so then this is how you go on to live like this living sacrifice yeah yeah you exactly. live like jesus did in these ways so this isn't in relation to the church because he brought in like oh there's lots of people we have different people going to do different things better so then you know we have to make sure we have this this is still going into what we were talking about before and i'm even going to go back into this exhaustion part Mm-hmm. Um, mine words it as the one who contributes in generosity that even strays away from just money because it just says contributes in generosity so that means they're contributing whatever they can with with generosity they i think that word is um is kind of key here because when you're being generous you are giving just to give mm-hmm. you don't have like some sort of ulterior motive or whatever even if you don't have the money like let's say you have a farm and you grow vegetables or whatever you can't contribute money maybe but you can bring food to the table for sure yeah okay like how this was supposed to be like in relation to the church and how this is like split up in the section or whatever and how that's kind of weird because the next one is in relation to society but it doesn't start as like a nice thing. It's not it's not separate. It's let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cling to that which is good, be kindly affectionate. Like this is still like how you should just be in general. Definitely. Yeah, the the this section for me is titled Marks of the True Christian. Ah. But I actually have that verse um verse 9 underlined. So that means it was underlined back when i was actually reading this oh like yeah so my my verse nine i mean it's essentially the same it's just a little different wording let love be genuine abhor what is evil hold fast to what is good Mm -hmm. apparently that verse meant something important to me back in back in the day apparently yeah this chapter was very interesting to me because i feel like there's a lot of different sections that we've read not even just in Romans, just throughout doing this this podcast and this study that are like how you're to act as a Christian. And there's so much of it that I'm like, yeah, that is like how they like to portray that they act. But oftentimes it's just a portrayal that you see just this little tiny window in. And once you're actually in the room, it's like, whoa. This isn't what I thought I was seeing. But it feels like a lot of that is so easy to fake 
But then getting into this, I feel like it got into a lot more of the deeper stuff even. Like, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. That's not really one you can fake. You can fake, like, blessing them, I guess, but at the root of it, if you've got a problem with them and you're just dwelling on that and and that's all that's festering in your heart, that's just the same as a curse. Even if it's just in your heart, you are manifesting that at that point. Mm -hmm. You're manifesting ill will towards that person that is cursing them. So, like, you can't really cover, I don't know, that just happens. But that's the thing. A lot of this is stuff you can't cover up, but it's all internal. So people don't even really have an insight into it. It's just very much like you're doing these things and you're no, you know the reality of it. But I think there is more to, like, the curse thing that you're saying with, like, yeah, you, you are putting inside and you're, like, manifesting, like, ill will towards them. It's like... You can only think bad about that person. So if you ever have to interact with that person, you're going to make it a terrible experience. And now it's just going to be even worse for you and now them. Yeah, I think definitely. it's more of an internal thing, like a curse. You can only like put this curse or this bless on yourself and not on anything else. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah? I think... In the sense that people typically think of with a curse or things like that, that requires a lot more intention and purpose. That's not something that you just accidentally do by thinking badly of someone or like thinking badly about how interactions with someone are going to go. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I totally think you're right. Yeah, no, you're totally right on that, though. Um, because it is really a curse that you're putting on yourself. If you're... If you're thinking, this person sucks and I don't want to have to see them because it's going to be horrible, you're going to go there and see that person and have these intentions and thoughts of what this interaction is going to look like. And it's naturally just going to happen that way. Maybe it won't be super extreme, but it's going to be unpleasant for you because <laughs> you manifested that. Now... If we mention that, if apparently this, like, this section is just all an example of what we should do to be a follower. If this is supposed to be what's important, maybe we should actually, like, record them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to start nine or you want me to start nine? I could start nine. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. 
be not wise in your own conceits. Pay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I think um, there were a couple things that were different for me. What about you when, when I heard you saying them? Yeah, there was defi- definitely <laughs> some changes in here. I don't even remember what yours said in 16 specifically. I just remember it was difficult for me to follow because it was so different than mine. Okay. Or at least it felt that way. Mine says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise to your own sight. I think with yours, it's just the stay away from rich people and hang out with the poor people and don't worry about things like that's a that's a weird thing to get because but it's also saying live in harmony with one another yeah just in general flat out but okay be of the same mind one toward another okay yeah you know think about the people everybody same way mind not high things but condescend to men a low estate it's like don't worry about trying to get anything big. It's nice if you can get it. Don't worry about it. And don't rub it in to people who don't have it. So condescend down to them. It sounds like a weird word to it. Like, yeah. But it's, they mean different things now than what may have put down. Because we're using like today's condescend. That's just like, oh, don't worry, little man down there. I'll take care of you with trickle-down economics. <laughs> Right, right. But that's what <laughs> they're doing. Down economics. Like, yeah, exactly. But that is in no way what Paul has been talking about up till now. So that's no way what that meant. Yeah, exactly. It, it is like, don't rub in what you've been given to other people. Just go down and hang out with with them at their level. Yeah. Like, because you're not going to get to know someone really if you're putting this massive like gap between you, then money's a good way to do that. <laughs> right, right. Seriously. And then be not wise in your own conceits. Yeah. Don't think about yourself all the time. <laughs> yeah. Don't think about all oh, like, oh, everything that you're pride in. It's like, yes, that's good and all. But if you're just thinking about everything you've done, then it's like, well, then you're not really doing anything else. <laughs> Right. There we go. Mine uses, um, yeah, never be wise in your own sight. So I was trying to rash, I'm trying to like understand this, rationalize it. Um, I don't have a note in my Bible for it, for any of this verse at all. Yeah, I didn't have a note for 16 either. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. But I guess like for that, I see it as like, don't look to your own plan for life. Like, don't try and plan this all out, I guess. Don't have this... Your your vision of your life isn't going to happen that way. 
So don't look to that for advice, I guess, on what to do next. That's how it made sense to me. But I like it. I don't know. Yeah, I think my point fits for my translation, but I think your point is more true to the actual point. Did you have anything else that kind of got stuck on you? That was the only one that really, like, stood out. Okay. But there was a few discrepancies in words here and there. Um, I think there was two big ones. I remember the first one. Um, in 11, can you say yours again? Yeah. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Okay. The only thing different is, like, mine has business instead of zeal. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Let's see. Oh, I have a note. Not slothful in business. Do not let your zeal slacken. Oh. <laughs> what? Okay, so that's where they got zeal from, but... Yeah. I'm I'm just lost at the use of business. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Because zeal doesn't make sense to me from business, but I don't think zeal is the right word. And I'd have... What does he mean by business? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a note for this verse either. Okay, but honestly, when I was reading this just on my own, mm -hmm. I stopped and read that verse like three times because I was like, this is why I struggle with the Bible. Like the words and the sentence structure, everything is just so different than what we're used to today. So like... It is difficult for me to comprehend what some, like, half the sentences in this thing mean. Because, like, mm -hmm. when I'm, if I read this, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. And even the one above that, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Like, those are such weird sentences and not how we speak. It's like... Yeah, you should be honoring other people more than yourself, you know, but right when you're out doing now, that's a different, a very different connotation. That's like some pissing contest. Yes, because this whole like 11 is just in the middle of a lot of semicolons. So this is I all have about... no semicolons, by the way. Oh, there's one. Ooh. In 14. I mean, if anything, I'm kind of get a feeling now, like, okay, if this was supposed to be going up and talking about, it's like it's in relation to, like, actual organization of the church. Like, this is now where it would be tying into that to me. Because of the use yeah. of business and including taking care of the saints and to like doing all this stuff yeah definitely i yeah. can see that and honestly he's been addressing the church for a while so it makes sense for him to tie that in here exactly but yeah since we're still talking about like okay this is how you do this and okay if we were talking about like this is how we do it in the church and how you should still be doing things outside the church as well. So the business of the church is, okay, you're going there to 
go worship, I suppose. That's, I mean, that's the business. That's what the church is selling. You can go and worship somewhere. So technically, the zeal of it, whatever. But it's like the business of the church is its function of taking care of the people around. Don't Mm -hmm. wait around to do it. Don't think other people are going to do it. If it came to your mind that, oh, this probably needs some sort of help with that, then that's, that's you being called to do it. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is why it says business, because it was talking about a church and how you do this. Yeah. So I think zeal was the complete wrong thing to do. I agree. Like, it could be said that I'm completely mistranslating, because maybe business meant something else, but like, as for why they used the word business in the renaissance when they put it here when talking about the church and everything else i'm not talking about it like the hebrew business or whatever that it would originally be written in or whatever we're talking about the renaissance era putting in why are they using the word business here to represent what they're reading exactly that's what you're supposed to be doing I think that's another thing that comes along with all these misinterpretations of the Bible is we think, oh, well, of course, this doesn't make sense in this time. Let's look back at when it was written. But when we look back at when it was written, we so often look back at Jesus times, not yeah, not when it was actually translated to English. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dang, you blew my mind. You gotta understand the people. To understand what they're saying. Truth. Like. We've just been looking at the wrong people. I don't know how to close this one. I don't know either. Was there anything like. I appreciate you guys that are still hanging around. It really means a lot. I want to keep doing this. We both want to keep doing this. We love what we're doing here. And. Well this is. This is, this is already like a long enough episode. And. Yeah. Mary's good with those kinds of words, and I'm decent with the other kinds of words, so we'll leave it at that, and we'll get into, (laughs) we'll we'll just finish it up next time, 13 to 16. Sounds good. All right, I'm going to go get some food. Yeah, me too. Yeah. See you later, toots. See you later. Bye. Hey buddies, Mary here. If today's episode sparked something for you or you have questions for us, send us an email at thehighpriestbiblestudy at gmail.com. You can stay up to date on new episodes and merch releases through Instagram or check us out on Facebook if that's more your style at the Bible Study. That's at the H-I-G-H-B-L-E study. Just to keep you on your toes, find us on Twitter at the Bible Study. That's spelled the H-I-B-L-E study. Check out our subreddit, r slash the high priest, for references to some things that we've talked about in various episodes, as well as some memes. We also have a threadless shop, shop.thehighpriest.show. There's almost always new merch popping up there, so be sure to check back regularly. If you want to and can responsibly donate, but have enough merch, buy us a coffee. Buyusacoffee.com slash the H-I-G-H-B-L-E study. You can donate once, or you can choose to donate monthly. Money donated helps us to improve the show and make it better for you as the listener. Or, if you want to just make it all that much more simple, 
All of these links are on our website, thehighpriest.show. Every link I've already mentioned, as well as some different platforms that you can listen to the show on. Rate us and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified of new episodes directly from the platform that you listen on. Besides, it's that much easier to share with your friends when it's at the top. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Osiris, you cannot have my chicken. <sighs> you give him a little piece of sausage and he thinks he can have the whole chicken. Okay, I have to go back to that spot again where I was basically describing your dad to you. Because when I was talking about that, I was... Like, while I was making that description, I was describing my stepdad. Like, in my head, that's who I was describing. I was guessing that. Yeah. But also, I still can't excuse it. Because... No. I grew up... not. I won't say the same way. Because it was a very different time. He grew up in the the 50s and 60s. I grew up in the early 2000s. Like, <laughs> completely different. When it comes to, like, the, the religious aspect of our upbringings, those were pretty much the same. If anything, I was raised a little more strict than he was. Because he grew up Wesleyan, and I grew up Baptist. Those denominations are pretty different. Point being, we grew up with all of these same prejudices that are very against where our society has progressed and grown. We both grew up with racial biases. His significantly more strong than me. I will give him that. He grew up when segregation was still a thing. I have never lived in a world where there was segregation ever. But I still did grow up with my racial biases because that's how I was taught. I grew up homophobic because that's how I was taught. I grew up believing anyone who wasn't a Christian needed saving and their life was fucked. That was just how we grew up. Mm -hmm. But I also learned, I took a step back from thinking about myself and my needs or wants or whatever I was getting from the Bible and looked at what's happening in the world and in our country and in my community and I did not like what I saw and I wanted to be no part of it and I learned so much and I still actively am like rewiring my brain from how I was taught and raised because it is so wrong it is so 
so wrong and hurt so many people in our community. And I just don't want to be a part of that. So, like, if I could do that by 24, how come he's 66 and hasn't been able to do that? I don't see it as an excuse. I don't... If you were raised that way, you were raised that way. But by Mm -hmm. the time you're an adult, it's your responsibility to take responsibility for your actions and your beliefs and how you affect other people. Absolutely. And that sucks. I honestly, like, I feel sad talking about my dad in that context on here, my stepdad. But, like, that is stuff that has been weighing on me lately. Him and I don't have a very close relationship like we used to. But, like, I still talk to him every now and then. And I still care about him. And I try to not think about, like, his beliefs and and where he's at with all that because we have so much history and it's like I don't want to see you that way I just want you to be my loving dad and not mm-hmm. all of these shitty things on top of it yeah I, I I exactly feel like you get a little closer sometimes and then it's like go home and just like oh here's a bunch of racist jokes for some reason and it's like what mm-hmm. and it's like uh okay um why are why are we talking about this you're trying to get my opinion it's like i know for damn fact you don't want my opinion so i just said yep okay let's get going and it's not just it's my mom too it's all the same stuff so it's like yeah that's hard that is so hard but i really really get that my personal opinion is the longer you wait to change yourself and to correct these behaviors yeah the harder it's gonna be so if you wait until you're in your 60s of course it's gonna be hard you have 60 years of bad habits Uh under your belt 60 years of hurting people and thinking it was okay but i think yeah and i think where my problem lies with so many of these kind of people today you know like and again I'm very much thinking of my stepdad in particular here, but like you bring the information and the facts on how this is hurting people, or even maybe you're one of the people being hurt and you bring that to their attention. They do one of two things I've seen. One being they say you're overreacting. That's not real. Or two, they say, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. This is just how I grew up. This is how, this is what Mm -hmm. I know. I'll do better. And then they turn around and keep doing it. With my stepdad in particular, me and two of my siblings have had very in-depth conversations about how harmful, like his, like Facebook posts and, and comments in public are when it comes to, well, first of all, women in general, he's very, very misogynistic. And he doesn't see himself that way. But like, I see his Facebook. (laughs) I know what he thinks. (laughs) I know what he thinks is funny when it's really just harmful. When it comes to race, when it comes to LGBTQ community, like, it's so harmful. And we've all had these conversations with him. And he acknowledged that he sees that it's harmful. Or he can see how it would be hurtful. And then makes excuses as to why he didn't mean it that way. 
And then he continues to post the same things at the same time. It's like, come on, how, how can you acknowledge that this is hurting me and not be willing to change? You see that this is hurting your mm-hmm. child and you're still not willing to change. I think the I'm sorry, I, I do better, I'll do better or whatever. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's just like the biggest like bullshit thing anyways, because, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, then I just turn around and do it again. Because when you're at the point of, I'm sorry, I'll do better, that's just, you know, that's the sin slowly weighing them down. It's not a big thing because they're not letting themselves think about it. They're just like, oh, gosh, that's just one more thing. Here we go. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to ex- accept that stuff at that rate, it's going to take a lot of those interactions. And each of those interactions are going to stress them out. And they're like, I want to have less of those interactions. So then technically they never yep. get one of those things filled up to really think about. And it, it is because it's like, okay, it's it's very comfortable in the world to like, you're not sitting there thinking about these things because it's hard to think about them. You don't want to. So you hang around with other people who don't want to think about those things either. So then, you know, they're not going to bring them up with you and you're not going to have to bring it up and you're not going to cause any harm or anything like that. And it'll be easy. Yeah, that's totally it. No, it it isn't. It makes, it gives you that false sense of security that everything's going to be easier this way. But in reality, you're creating a decades-long ball of emotion and and anxiety and stress over it that doesn't need to exist. They create their own problems and then blame everybody else. There comes a point... Oh, I'm sorry, I just... When you get to the nostalgia thing, it's not just thinking about the war, like... Because, you know, I have nostalgia for like, okay, I don't remember my parents ever being like this. So then it's like, can I just go back to the old ways? It's like, yes, because that's exactly it. And then, yeah, and you also think about it like, oh, yeah, and then I would do this and this. And yeah, everything was better. And then you get stuck in that nostalgia for how the old everything was. But you weren't old enough at that time to realize the bad things or anything that were going on because now you're seeing the bad things about the parents that didn't just come from anywhere that was always there you just didn't know about it yeah you weren't able to comprehend it exactly and that's the same thing as thinking about it in the world too it's like yes there's a point when you're too young to know what's going on and then once you realize what's going on it's like okay now you need to go like now's your time to do something and then once like but whenever you get the feeling like oh no wasn't it better it's like no it's like that's time to reflect on okay well maybe i could get some more insight on what else was happening at this time yeah what was if it was so good i don't know just like that doesn't mean to like not have any good memories i feel like that gets into like this weird fatalistic or something but like, I don't know. That's a hard one. Yeah. Because I feel like that's where my my dad's biggest sin comes from. He is so reminiscent of the good old days when he was a kid and had no responsibilities and life was fun <laughs> and easy and you could trust your neighbors and uh-huh. he's so reminiscent over that and nostalgic for that and he wants to go back to a world like that. But he was also a kid, a white male 
in the 50s. Of course he had a good life. <laughs> like, for him, it was good. But he was a kid, and he couldn't un understand what was happening in the rest of the country and mm -hmm. with the, the black family down the road, you know? Like, they weren't down the road because there was still segregation, so they had their own separate neighborhood. <laughs> and honestly... If we're being real, there's still a lot of that kind of stuff. A lot of, like, white neighborhoods. That's so shitty. But it's not like it was when he was a kid, which is my actual point here. He is so nostalgic for the time in his life when he felt the happiest that he doesn't realize all of the horrible things that were happening, too. And that's not to be upset about the past, because we shouldn't always, like you were saying, we shouldn't always make it a negative. But it's to look at the reality of it. And to look at what was really going on. When I was a little kid and we lived in Pennsylvania, I was having the time of my life. That was great. All my siblings were at home. There was all of us plus, it, plus my niece, so there were six kids at home. It's the best. But in reality... We were in the middle of going through a divorce, and the family was moving across the country several times. And, like, 9-11 happened right around then, too, while we lived there. The plane that went down in Pennsylvania went down, like, 30 minutes from our house. So, a lot of crazy shit happened. But, like, I still get so nostalgic for that time, because that's when I was little, and I had fun. And all I had to worry about in life was... Do I want the red sucker or the green sucker? <laughs> you know, like, and and that was that was late nineties, early two thousands. So it was, it was just a fun time to be a kid. <laughs> but in reality, I have no desire to go back to that time. We have come so far from that. We have progressed so much in technology, in society, in education. I have no desire to go back to 2001. If anything, I'd like to move forward to a place where we actually yeah. get along. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> the, the, I never understand the people that are like, oh, I was born, like, in the wrong decade or the wrong century or whatever. Or like, where would you, when would you rather live? It's like, uh, now, maybe a little bit later. I don't know. That's a gamble, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel that. Because then it's like, how much later do we want to live? Because it's, it's a give and take. Like, as we've progressed in technology, we've also fucked up a lot in the planet. <laughs> so, like, while yes, society is more connected now, and we've moved away, we, we've started moving away from things like segregation and, and homophobia in the majority sense. Mm-hmm. We also are dealing with things like the planet is burning alive. <laughs> so, like, we don't know how long we're actually even going to be here. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to be too, bar like, born too far in the future, because uh, I don't want to be there to see the death of the planet, which exactly. I might already be too late, because we're getting there. Because, I mean, that, that goes again into the, like, we, we, can, we can hope at some point. Okay, maybe there will be better stuff, but we can't do anything about that. We can only do, again, it's live in the now and all, you know, all the normal 
motivational stuff you hear but i mean it really kind of is and it feels cheesy saying it yeah no and i totally feel that that was okay after chase died that was one thing that i felt so silly with i was like all of these dumb motivational things that are just way overdone i genuinely feel them now when i see them it makes me feel something inside that isn't existential dread and that's nice (laughs) <laughs> gosh like like for example the one that really gets me because it always bothered me because it's so overdone is just you gotta live every day day by day you gotta just do it all day by day take it one step at a time i hated that so much it was so overdone but then when i was in the thick of it i was like holy shit Day by day is not even good enough. I got to do this hour by hour. <laughs> but we're going to do it, damn it. Wow. And uh, that became one of my things, even if I thought it was a dumb, overly done thing. 